here's the big question. You're interested in value investing and valuing and evaluating businesses on a deep level, but you don't know how, even after researching for hours, probably dozens of hours, hundreds of hours on the internet, and because nobody else shows you how to do it. This podcast has all those answers and much more about value investing and finance. My name is Jason Rivera. Welcome to Value Investing in Your Car. Hey, Jason here. Today's episode of Value Investing in Your Car, I'm going to tell you a little story about a company that lost 97% of its value in eight days. Before I do that, though, I need to let you know you can get this podcast or this video as a podcast anywhere in the world for free on all major podcasting platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, and more. You can get this as a podcast anywhere in the world for free as part of the Value Investing in Your Car podcast. Okay, so we talk about various topics here related to finance, investing, self-improvement, learning, reading, book reviews, um, case studies, investment case studies, all that kind of stuff. Can't say... We've covered a lot of topics. I think we have somewhere near 900 posts now, um, something like 600 videos on YouTube. Can't say we've covered the topic we're going to talk about today, and we've covered a lot of stuff. <laughs> Company I'm talking about today lost 97% of its value in eight days. Insane. Insane loss of value insane destruction of value but that's not even the whole story sorry i had a warning keep coming up on my screen for some reason that's not even the whole story on this company so this company wirecard you might have heard of them in the news you might have seen them in the news lately that they've been having some issues to put it lightly uh, probably about 10 days ago now their CEO resigned after $2.1 million was misplaced. Supposed to be, or according to their internal docs, which it looks like they're forged according to investigations now. According to their internal docs, they were supposed to be in the, um, I think in the Philippines, I think. But the Federal Reserve chairman, governor um, of the Philippines, said the money never entered the Filipino system. Uh-oh. <laughs> $2.1 dollars billion goes missing. People tend to notice. Since then, things have gotten far worse for the company. Former CEO is now in jail. The money went from being misplaced looking like it never existed the company is getting ready to file bankruptcy after it missed filing its uh latest annual report which triggered i think it was debt covenants triggered debt covenants that put them into bankruptcy they couldn't file their financial reports for the full year because of this issue because of the missing money and their accountants uh, i think it's ernst and young would not sign off on their on their financial statements. So they missed, or because of these things, they missed their date to release their annual report, which triggered the bankruptcy or the proceedings to start bankruptcy. 
So the company lost 97% of its value because of these things in eight days. Huge scandal. German company, um, Wirecard, it's a, they service, they service financial institutions with software and stuff like that. So if you know anything about the financial arena, it's one of the most highly regulated, most stringent laws, pretty much worldwide. You have to, <laughs> you should know where all your numbers are in any business, but especially in the banking and kind of finance arena, if they're not exact, you can get in huge trouble and you can get sued. Uh, people can lose their jobs. Uh, customers will lose trust in you, which is pretty much necessary to have in the banking and finance industry. Just think about it. Um, you give your money to a bank. You have to trust that bank that you're going to be able to get your money out when you want to. If you don't trust a bank, typically you won't take your money there. You don't hear about people not trusting banks very often. The bankers, yes, but the banks themselves, you don't hear about as much not being trustworthy. If a bank or financial institution loses trust, they're toast. They're completely done. Um, not just because their customers will go away, quickly of case, um, but also because they'll get sued, they'll go to bankruptcy, their capital levels will be depleted, all this kind of stuff. So I said there's more to this story. Back in, I think it was last September, memory serves me right, last September, last October 2019, a report from the Financial Times, I think, so now I'll, I'll find all these links and link it in the article. Financial Times reported that there were accounting irregularities at Wirecard back then, allegations of fraud back then. This is, at this point, nine months ago, eight, nine months ago, when these things were kind of first outed, then they went away. Until about, again, eight, 10, 12 days ago. Why were people, that may lead you to the question of why were people still investing in this company if there were allegations of fraud, um, that kind of stuff. I mean, fraud. You don't see that allegations of fraud, outright fraud in accounting very often. You see kind of legal gray areas. They should do this. Maybe they shouldn't do this. Um, you don't see allegations of outright fraud very often when it comes to accounting rules, laws, and regulations. So when you see the word fraud associated with the company, should be major red flags. Still, this still doesn't answer the question of why people were still investing in the stock. Because according to their Wirecard's financials, the company was healthy, it was profitable, it was growing exponentially at a huge rate. I think something like a thousand percent in uh, growth in revenue over the last decade. I'll come back to that in a second. Um, huge margins, good cash flow, good balance sheet strength, all that stuff. So it looked like a reasonably healthy company or actually a very healthy company just based on the balance sheet numbers and the financial reports. But this is where as an outside investor, you need to be very careful. 
as outside investors, we do not have access to the internal docs that the company has. We have to trust, again, trust being the key word. We have to be able to trust that managers and the accountants and the people who run the books at the company are doing what they're supposed to be doing, are not misleading people, are releasing accurate information, and that they have the best interest of all shareholders at heart. This is my number one rule in investing. Number one, I never break this rule. That's how important it is. If I go through a company's financial statements and I cannot trust that management is truthful or they're not, or they're not doing what's right, or they're not telling the full truth, or they're kind of glossing over things, or that they don't have shareholders' best interests at heart, I do not buy, ever forever ever never break this rule this is a perfect illustration of why back in september or october again you don't see fraud world's fraud when it comes to accounting regulations i can't i actually can't think of the last time i saw the word fraud outright outright fraud allegations of outright fraud again maybe they're they should be doing things more conservatively uh maybe they're not not doing things entirely properly according to the letter of the law, but you don't see allegations of outright fraud. That should have been red flag number one to investors in the company. Red flag number two is the 1,000% increase in revenue in 10 years. That's an absurd increase. Absurd. To put that into context, Google, one of the best run, most dominant companies in the world, grew their revenues by about 400%, 450% in the last 10 years. Best run, one of the best run, most dominant companies in the world. If you see a company that grows their revenue by 1,000% in a decade, I'm, again, I'm not saying it's always a bad thing, but it should raise, raise major red flags. You need to figure out what is going on there, what the revenue is coming from, and frankly, if you can trust managers that those are the real numbers. This is also illustrates why you cannot just rely on the metrics for a company ever. I used to make this mistake when I first started investing. I would literally, I wouldn't even know what most of the companies did. I would just invest in them based on the metrics and the ratios and their profitability numbers, stuff like that. And I got crushed. I lost 50% of my investment capital within months of starting to invest. The first time I invested real money, I lost 50% of it within months i think it was six months because i didn't know what i was investing in i didn't read financial statements i didn't know what industry the company was in i just invested in them based on their metrics alone you will get crushed if you do this not all the time maybe not even part of the time but at some point you will get hammered if you invest in companies that just have great looking metrics and you go no further than that For the shareholders of this company, again, there were massive red flags from at least September. And I can guarantee if I went through their financial statements, um, their financial reports, rather, their annual report, 10, uh, 10K, 10Q proxy reports, I can guarantee that there would be probably more red flags in there going back years. If you cannot trust managers, do not invest in the stock, no matter what the upside potential is, no matter what the growth is, no matter what the undervaluation is, no matter what 
do not invest in stock because something like this eventually will happen to something you hold and you'll lose 97% of the value of your stock in eight days. And again, essentially be wiped out. Scary stuff. But again, there were red flags there that should have made people uncomfortable if, if they read the financial reports. The reason I say if is because the longer I'm in the realm of investment, the more I realize how few people truly read even one annual report. Shocking how few people read even one annual report. Most professional level investors don't even read one annual report of a company they invest in. Not even one. I read the most recent annual 10K, 10Q, just as kind of my initial scan. I then go back and read five to 10 years of annual reports as an example of the amount of due diligence I personally do. And most other value investors do this kind of same due diligence, but most professional, again, quote unquote investors don't even read one annual report. It's scary. This entire situation is horrible. Um, Similar-ish to Enron, except that Enron, um, and again, I wasn't a lie. I wasn't in the investment realm uh, when Enron happened, but so I just read books about it. So I don't remember the exact time frame, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't eight days that the just, just like that. I know it happened fast, but I don't think it was eight days. This is crazy. So essentially what this means with, again, I don't know. The CEO will be found. He's in jail. They'll find out if he actually had something to do with this. Accountants, some of the accounts had to know. People in the finance department had to know. Somebody had to know that $2 billion was missing or not accounted for or something. Somebody had to know. Had to. It's just insane. Um, We'll find out more about this company as things progress. But as of right now, this recording in late June, that is the update story on this. Um, I'll keep you updated on this craziness. If and when things progress, typically in these kind of cases, not only bankruptcy takes a while, um, but also the legal proceedings, which are going to be interesting to say the least, are going to probably take a while as well. So it's just it's just crazy. Essentially, whoever perpetrated this, again, I don't know, CEO, CFO, accounting department, finance department, whoever it was, they likely either stole $2 billion or it was never there and they wanted to increase the company's numbers. Again, this would probably be CEO, CFO type of club. They would want to increase the company's numbers to make them look better. That's in my, I can't really think of another option here in this case of what they would be. It's either one bad option or another really bad option. Um, I can't think of another case of how this would happen. But it happens, and that's why you need to be ultra careful when you're investing in stocks. 
again, if you number one rule, if you cannot trust management, do not buy the stock, no matter what, no matter what. It'll save you so much time, so much frustration, so much anger, angriness. Not sure what the correct English is there. Uh, because you won't deal, you won't even be involved in these kinds of situations. You just won't. If you follow and you are true and you stick to your discipline, you stick to your patience, you stick to kind of your gut, you stick to your whatever you want to call it, your intuition, your experience, whatever you want to call it. If you don't feel comfortable investing in a stock because you are kind of iffy about trusting management, if you follow this one rule, not investing in the stocks that you can't trust managers, it'll save you so much frustration, so much time, so much capital in this case, 97% plus capital. Um, the company lost 98% of its value since last September, last October. 97% of its value in eight days. Again, there were red flags along the way. Uh, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, do you know of a crate? I can't, honestly can't. I've read thousands of financial reports over the year. I can't think of another case where there was allegations of outright fraud. Again, I purposely try to stay away from these companies because I discard them right away, but I just, off the top of my head, I can't, other than Enron, I can't think of another situation. 2007, 2008 financial crisis, that was a lot of arrogance, but I wouldn't say that was outright fraud. Um, yes, they probably knew they shouldn't be doing that, but that was overconfidence in my opinion. Um, arrogance, that wasn't, again, just outright stealing money in many cases. In my opinion, again, that <laughs> depending, I'd love to hear your thoughts on if you have an opinion on that as well. So, um, love to hear your thoughts on this comment below. Uh, like, love, share, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit the notification bell so you're notified anytime we release a new video. Same thing on the podcast like, love, share, subscribe, download, and uh, we'd love a review on podcasts as well. The more people who view our content on the blog, on YouTube, on the podcast channel, the more people we can help and the more people we can get out there, our, our information out there too as well. Um, again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this craziness. And until next time, I'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day. Bye.